good. Some good discussions. I'm interested what the first reaction of some of you are when you hear that word judgment or judge. Was there some comments about that? What's your first feeling when you hear that word? Oh, court. Okay. Any others? Okay. So it could go either way. There could be positive or negative judgment. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Hands raised. How many of you have ever felt judged by someone? Yeah. I think everybody probably has had that feeling in their life at some point. Yeah. You may not be feeling that way now, but I'm sure that there's a time in your life where you felt judgment from somewhere um, and some person. How about, have you ever felt the need to judge others? Have you ever felt that desire or that kind of uh, something in your heart is telling you that you should do something, but you may be not quite ready or know what to do or maybe the fact that you don't want to judge somebody else kind of keeps you from getting involved have you ever felt that way yeah I think we all have um, I think we feel that way because God and I've said this uh, over and over for 10 years being here that I believe God has created us to live life together he's created us with that desire and that want to live in community and part of living in community is not only enjoying those wonderful connections with one another and those wonderful opportunities to love each other and to pour into each other's life, but part of living in community is what? Keeping each other accountable, right? That's part of community. And so if we have all the good stuff about community and not some of the hard stuff about community, it's not really all that balanced. And so this area of judgment, it's tough. And it's certainly one of those areas in the Bible that is misunderstood um, because we have this Matthew 7, 1 out there, Matthew chapter 7, 1, that says, do not judge, right? Or you too will be judged. And so we take that as a society and a culture, even, a, in, even within our church society and culture, we take that and we take that to mean what? That we shouldn't judge at all, that there's... You know, don't, don't, don't be judging me, you know. So, oh, don't you be judging me. And if you, you don't have to actually be on the social media too long before you actually see that phrase out there. You know, when somebody's actually sharing what they're doing with their life and then someone else comes up and comments on it, and then the first thing that comes out what is, no, you can't be judging me. Don't you be judging me. That's part of this misunderstanding. You know, we're living in a day that values tolerance above everything else, right? We are supposed to tolerate everything that everybody's doing, except if they don't agree with us. <laughs> and if they don't agree with us, then we're not very tolerant, right? So it's kind of this weird, you know, dichotomy of thought when it, when it revolves around this idea of, of judgment. Um, we may even boldly shout, only God can judge me. I think we probably all felt that. You know, don't you judge me. Only God can judge me. Okay, we might think that. It's kind of like that Tupac theology. He has a couple of songs that actually deals with this particular topic. 
of only God can judge me. You can't be out there judging me, right? Um, maybe not biblical theology, but Tupac theology. Tupac says, only God can judge me. So is this what Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 is actually saying? You know, does Tupac have it right? Did he read the Bible and have a, a really good grasp and understanding of what this means? Has he understood this all along when most everyone out there, you know, has gotten it wrong? He's got it right? Um, I don't know. Let's use a, a couple of our guidelines to kind of look at this scripture this morning. We talked about guidelines when we're looking at the Bible, to, uh, our guidelines to help us understand what it means. Firstly, we have to look at other places in the Bible where it talks about judgment. Because if we look at other places in the Bible where it talks about judgment, we might find that there's a better understanding of what this is all talking about. Remember, one of our guidelines was the Bible has to make what? It has to make sense, all right? It has to, to, to be uh, together in its meaning. And so when we look at this, not only we need, do we need to look at other places where it talks about judgment, but we have to look at the both of those, and they have to kind of jive. They have to kind of make sense. All right, so we need to take a, a closer look to see what the meaning is. Um, look at Matthew 18, 15. Now, that's in your notes on your app, but you can actually turn there in the Bible if you want. Matthew 18, 15. Does that jive with what we've just read in Matthew 7, 1? One says, don't judge. The other one says what? If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Does that sound like judging to you? Yes, it is. So how do we make both of these scriptures make sense? So if Matthew 7, 1 says don't judge, and Matthew 18, 15 says that we do need to judge and point out the fault, which is right? What is the true meaning? All over social media, the message is, you have no right to judge me. Who are you to judge me? So that's a misunderstanding, I think, of Matthew 7, 1. But yet Matthew 18, 15 says we have to help our brothers and sisters. And if they're out there sinning, we need to point that out. So what do we do? And I think that's where we are as Christians because we see all the messages of don't judge. But we know in the Bible it kind of says that we're supposed to do that. We're, we're in this mixed up kind of no man's land, and we think, well, we should just do nothing then because I don't know what to do because there's this message over here and there's this message over here. So our goal today is to give you a better understanding of these passages so that you can feel confident to move forward with doing what God would really want us to do, the true meaning behind his scripture. So first of all, do we have the right to judge? How are we going to make sense of this? Well, in one sense, I totally agree. I don't have the right to judge. But if I am the authority of the universe, I would have that right. If I was the corner and had all the knowledge of truth, I would have that right. And if I came into existence because of my will and my creative effort, I would have that right to judge. And if my word was the final say in every situation, I would have that right. And if I were God himself, would I have the right to judge? Yeah, because God is all of those things. But the fact is, I'm not God. I am not that. 
God has spoken. He has given his judgment on matters of ethics and morality. He is the authority of the universe, and he does own the corner of all truth. And we did come into existence because of his will and his effort. And his word is the final say in every situation. And God has the right to judge. In fact, God is the judge. Right? And it says in Genesis 18.25 that uh, he will judge justly. It says 18.25, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? He is that gracious judge. So I don't have the right to judge, but who does? God himself, right? God has that right. We don't judge, number two point today, we don't judge, but we have the responsibility of passing along his judgment, and he gives us the how-to. He tells us how to do that in a way that's loving, that's kind and gentle, so let me put it to you that what Matthew 7, 1 is really saying, the, the meaning behind that verse is don't judge from your own authority and your own perspective, because how many of us do that? That's, that's all we do, isn't it? We go around judging from our own perspective and our own authority. So Matthew 7, 1 is saying don't judge from your own authority and perspective because you will be judged as well. But there also seems to be a responsibility on our behalf to help our brothers and sisters out. But not from our own perspective or our own authority, but from whose? From God's. And where do we find that? From his word. That's the only place, the only resource where we can actually find what he, what he thinks about things and how he thinks about things. God has provided us with his judgment through his word, through the word of God. And when Christians address moral issues and make a judgment based on scripture, we are not judging that individual on the basis of our own authority. Our judgment is delivered from the authority of God and his word. I often say when people tell me, well, what makes you think you're right about this? And I go, I don't know. Because I don't. If I was judging people, I would judge on a whole different level. If it was my perspective, if it was my authority, it would be totally different. And so oftentimes when they, when they say, well, what makes you think you're right? I go, well, I don't know that I'm right, but I know God's right. And I know he knows the right thing in this situation. Even if I haven't followed it myself, I know this is what he wants his people to do. This is how he wants them to react. This is how he wants them to think. This is how he wants them to, to behave. Even if I'm not behaving that way myself, I know that that's the right thing to do. Does that make sense? That's how this perspective of judgment works. We are to help our brothers and sisters, but not from our own authority and perspective, but from God's, God's authority, God's perspective, God's holy word. Not our own fallible word. Admittedly, we can mishandle his word. We can misrepresent it. We can muddy the waters. We can muddy the delivery. We can misunderstand the word of God from time to time. But we can deliver clear scriptural truth. That is God's word bringing judgment. He is the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Right? 
Jesus gave us some pointed instruction as he warned us about judging others. He didn't tell us to not deliver judgment, but he told us how to deliver judgment. And that's the key. Matthew 7, 5. So Jesus gave us some instruction on how to look at other people's lives. And what's he say? He says, it's okay to look at other people, but what first? What do we have to do first? We have to look at ourselves first. That's right. And so oftentimes when we're judging from our perspective, we don't even think about ourselves. We just kind of think, oh, they're out there doing, oh, I would never do that. Right? We've heard that. We've probably uttered that. I would, with the, the hand, I would never do this. Right? Never do that. Even though we might have done it last week. Right? So it's, it's not from our perspective. Jesus says, there's a way to do this. There's a way to look at other people's lives and to help them and to walk through things with them. But it's not by your own perspective. You need to start by looking inward to see what's going on in your own life. Maybe you're not the best person to deliver judgment right now because of the things that you're going through. Maybe you're not the best person to to deal with this situation right now in other people's lives because you're going through something particularly different. Maybe you're the best person because you're going through something difficult, because you're you're understanding and you really are sensitive to that particular thing that's going on in your brother or sister's life. So we need to understand there's a process. Notice this verse is literally how many verses from Matthew 7, 1? <laughs> Do the math. Four verses. Literally four verses away from the misunderstood verse of don't judge is the recipe for how to judge. So we have to make sense. Verse 1 of chapter 7 must not mean not to judge at all, right? It must mean that there's a proper way to do it. There's a definite way or a recipe to do that. So since they have, they have to make sense, we have to, part of our responsibility is to help each other out by judging, but we have to do it in the right way. There seems to be a process and, and it's a lot, it's, it's, it's probably something that we have to really look at changing our vocabulary because judging it has a very negative connotation to it, doesn't it? You know, if you go into somebody's life and you say, oh, Stephen, I'm here to judge you. <laughs> you know, I notice I really need to judge you this week. You know, his reaction is going to be, whoa, don't you be judging me, right? Um, I choose to change the vocabulary and say, how can I walk through this journey with you? How can I come alongside you and really help? You know, are there things that we can do together? Okay, that's the idea behind judgment. You know, it's become this terrible thing that nobody wants a part of. But when we really do it the way God intended for it to happen, he wants it to be something we do together, not something that we sit back and go, you are doing this and you should get it right. It's a matter of let me come alongside you, let me walk beside you in this in this difficulty. Because I've gone through difficult things myself. And I can I can maybe give you a little bit of advice. Maybe you can learn from my mistakes. That's the Christian way to judge. Okay? It doesn't sound good using the word judge, but that's exactly what it is. It's a recipe. There seems to be this process, a recipe to follow in order to judge rightly using God's perspective 
not our own. He gave these specific instructions to warn us that we better not confront someone else's sin until we first deal with our own heart, our own status with God. And this same instruction is repeated in the Gospel of Luke. And I know that some of our Bible study people are going through Luke. Is that right? So you'll come across this section when you go through your Bible study, this, this idea of the correct way to help each other, the correct way to understand and, and come into each other's lives and judge. Okay. Now, last one, just have a very practical way for you guys to, to really have this in your head and in your mind. There's ten questions to ask to prepare your heart for the task of passing along God's judgment in somebody else's life. So would you agree that God wants us to judge? From whose perspective? From his. So there is this idea that we we need to be in each other's lives. We need to be proactive in each other's lives. And hopefully these questions might help you get your heart in the right, heart and mind in the right state before you do that. So there's these ten questions. Is my motive pure? Is my greatest concern spiritual deliverance or restoration? We need to make sure that when we are looking into someone else's lives, it's not just to make our own lives look better. (laughs) Right? Sometimes when we judge, we're just doing that to make ourselves feel better. Right? Oh, well, there's much worse than me. And so you then you come alongside them and you see, well, you go home and you tell your wife, oh, they are in a terrible state. <laughs> I'm so glad I am not them. Our motives need to be pure. And you know what? People can tell. You may not think that they can tell, but people can tell if you're genuine. People can tell if you're really looking after them or you're looking after yourself. Can't you tell? You can tell, can't you? When people kind of want to help you, you can tell if they're helping you because they want to help themselves or they're helping you because they're genuinely concerned about you as a person. You can tell. So you better make sure your motive is pure because they're going to be able to tell if it's not. So check your heart. Ask yourself that question. Secondly, am I approaching this issue as a self-righteous bigot? Or am I offering truth as one who is equally in need of God's transforming grace? I think that's self-explanatory, right? Am I approaching this in a way that, that I know that I am just as needy of God's grace and mercy as anyone else? Thirdly, am I more concerned about winning an argument? Now catch this. Am I more concerned about winning an argument for the morality sake of things, or am I concerned about my opponent's need for salvation or spiritual growth? A lot of times we judge people because we want to be right, don't we? We just want to go home. At the end of the day, we're not concerned about them. We're concerned about us just being right. You know, we're th- we're th- we we make ourselves feel better by knowing, you know, they may they can make whatever choice they want, but I'm still right. And you feel good about that. <laughs> you need to check your heart because that's not the purpose. That's not the purpose. It's not about being right. 
It's about helping that person to get through the difficulty that they're going through, perhaps a difficulty that you've gone through yourself. So ask yourself that question. Third, uh, fourth, we on four? Am I prepared to give a biblical and gracious defense of my position? In other words, you need to, if you're giving God's perspective on this, who do you need to consult? God. Or are you just spouting off just random things that happen to pop into your mind at the time? You better be ready to give some biblical evidence for what, what's going on. If you recognize a Christian brother or sister and, and they're off doing something that you feel like is going to be dangerous for them, it's going to be uh, something that, that's going to lead them down a path of destruction, you better be ready to know what the Bible says about that. And the right, not some misunderstanded uh, scripture that you randomly picked out five minutes before you talk to them. But you need to sit down and you need to know what the Bible says about a certain topic before you start entering into a discussion with someone about it. Fifthly, am I addressing the truth, a truth issue, or is this a preference issue? Big deal here, right? There are lots of different things that we disagree on right lots of different things okay um we need to make sure that this is a clear truth issue that the bible is talking about rather than something that we just disagree on there's a lot of those things okay there's a lot of those things we often say that in truth we believe god's truth but we also believe that there's lots of opportunities in the Bible for us to have differing opinions about different things. Where the Bible speaks, we speak. Where the Bible is silent, we have, we have liberty. We have freedom to be able to, to disagree or to, to, to not see eye to eye on those particular topics. So you better make sure that when you're dealing with somebody else that it's a, it's a, it's a core truth issue and not something that you just have an opinion about in the Bible. Is this the best time to have this conversation? There's lots of bad times to do this. You know, oftentimes when we're dealing with certain issues, we need to be sensitive to the right timing. If someone's grieving, if someone's having a really difficult time with a lot of different issues in your life, in their life, it's not necessarily the best time to go tackle one issue because they've got such a, a huge thing on their plate. And if you come in and you go, well, you need to you know, worry about this. And they're going, I have so much in my life right now. I can't concentrate on one thing. So we need to make sure the timing is right. Have you, and probably one of the most important, should have been number one probably, have I thoroughly prayed about this conversation, this interaction that I'm going to have with my Christian brother or sister? Am I reacting in pride or humility? I want to make sure that you're approaching this situation humbly. Are my emotions sinfully involved with this issue? In other words, am I too close to this issue? There are certain people, like I said before, there are certain people that shouldn't try and do this because they're too emotionally heightened or they have too much going on in their life uh, themselves and they're just not the right person to be able to handle the situation that's at hand. 
You know, maybe you see it in someone else, but maybe you need to go to, to a, another person and say, could you come alongside this person because I am just not the right person to do that. Sometimes it's not you are sometimes you are not the right person to handle those things. So ask yourself that question. Am I? Am I too emotionally involved here? Do I have other things in my life that are going on that are that are just too much for me to handle? Be honest with yourself and answer that question honestly. And lastly, can I convey love to my opponent? That's a bad word. As I deliver this message of truth, can I show them love? Can I, uh, is that my, my primary uh, focus and my primary uh, uh, motivating emotion in this? Or am I just angry? Or am I frustrated by their behavior? Uh, if you're in that headspace emotionally, then maybe you're, you shouldn't do it. Your, your primary motivator, your primary emotion is, to, is love for the person, a genuine concern for their well-being. So my, my uh, encouragement to you would be go, go home this afternoon or this week, save, that, uh, save those notes on your app, and go back and review those ten things. Okay, If there are people in your life that you're dealing with that you're trying to help and walk alongside them, make sure those ten things are right. Okay, make sure that you're the right person. Make sure that you're asking yourself those questions. Have you ever been slammed by somebody by judging them? Have you ever had somebody get really upset with you for trying to get involved in their life? I have many times. It's probably because I haven't, I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> so I just want you to know this is a sensitive area in people's lives. When you start getting involved in people's lives, when you start trying to walk alongside them, some people are going to be very resistant. So you need to be aware that you need to do this well. Because if you don't do it well, you can really drive people away from Christ instead of bringing them to Christ. And so make sure that you're doing this well. Um, I hope you'll run through the questions above. Uh, and when you're, you're tempted to confront someone or walk alongside them, you will kind of revisit these things. And uh, if you ever need hope, uh, uh, help in this, th in this um, I've done it wrong many times. So I've learned every mistake that you can make. <laughs> so please uh, um, come and let's talk about it. Let's see if we can... Uh, go through this process together so that we're doing the best that we can for each other. Um, that's what God would want for us. Jesus provides instruction for delivering the truth in love in the lives of people. And when we fail to do that, we're not being faithful. We're not being loving to him. And certainly we're not being loving to other people when we're going through this process. So I would just encourage you, judging is a hard thing. It can be a very negative thing, and, and believe me, uh, I've done it, uh, sometimes I've done it not very well, but, it, but I'm not going to keep, keep, I'm not going to allow that to keep me from caring and loving about, lo loving other people and helping them the best way I can. So make sure that when you're doing that in the lives of other people, please do it well. Don't avoid it. Don't just say, oh, they'll work it out. But you're not really showing love unless you're really trying to reach out and help other people 
when they're struggling. Because when, wouldn't you have loved that? There, there's probably been times in your life where you would have really loved someone to come alongside you and speak a little truth into your life and try and help you along the way. Not from your perspective, but from God's perspective. Um, there's no greater life-giving um, opportunity than to speak to a brother and sister and help guide them back to Jesus, right? We say that when we bring some, when we bring, uh, when we speak into somebody's life and they come to Jesus, we say that's the most wonderful thing that we ever experience. But yet, when we when we do that after they become a Christian and they're 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 kind of uh, going their own way, we we say that's the that's <laughs> that's the hardest thing. It's re- they're both great things. They're both wonderful things, and we need to be motivated to be able to bring people and guide people to Jesus because people have done that for us, and we need to do that for others. That's how God created us, to live in community, to help each other out, to love each other, and really uh, help each other along this journey. So let's pray. Um, go home. There might be some other discussions that you started at your table talk. You can do that during fellowship time. Uh, maybe have some more t- talk and discussion about those things. And I uh, certainly would encourage you to, to spend some brain time this week to think about this particular topic because it's really, really important. So. Hey, God, thank you for the day. Uh, thank you uh, for this time that you've allowed us to get into your word and to learn from it. Thank you for the way that you've guided us through it. Uh, help us to be bold and have courage um, to reach out to other people and love them and guide them and, and help them in their walk in the same way that, that others have done for us. So we thank you for that. Uh, guide us through this week. I ask specifically that you give us time. Give us the time and space this week to uh, really seek you in this area of our lives. Um, we ask that you would guide us and speak to us specifically about certain situations and certain things that we need to do. Maybe there's times where we've done this wrong and we need to revisit and ask forgiveness for doing that wrong. Maybe there's times and people in our life that we need to uh, be made aware of that we need to help. So just be speaking to our minds and help us as we go through the week. Uh, thank you, and we uh, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.